You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Good morning, friends. Happy Easter. I'd like to start by sending so much love to you all from the Maud House. We love you all so dearly, Collective Church. And welcome to whoever else is joining us this morning. Uh, I know this cocooning time has been extended another two weeks, but I want to encourage you. Soon, soon, we will be face to face again. It's not going to be long. Enjoying each other and worshipping our incredible Jesus together. Isn't there something so special about worshipping together? I think we really miss it in times like this. But this really is an opportunity to discover the well of life that lives inside of you. Sometimes we can rely on drinking from other people's wells, their encounters with Jesus, their revelations. And I want to encourage you, during this time, turn down the volume of the noise. Choose carefully who you are listening to. Don't go into isolation, but also don't OD on other people's voices. Just dial down the volume a bit, just long enough for you to hear and discover how clearly you can hear the voice of Jesus for yourself. Because he always is saying something. Remember Anton Rose's song from last week? Go take another listen to that on our Facebook page. We are going to emerge a beautiful church. And I think it's times like these that we are reminded so vividly what we are designed for and built for face-to-face connection. Not remote connection. That's not what we long for, right? We long for face-to-face connection. Remote connection is a great substitute, but it can't replace face-to-face. A few days ago, um, I was going to the shops and I bumped into Deborah and Jen while I was out buying groceries. And I've been seeing their faces on Zoom during our prayer times. But to see them face-to-face, it was such a wonderful surprise, such a delight. And that's the whole story of Easter, isn't it? A father who desperately wants face-to-face connection with his children. So he sent his only son to come to earth to make that happen, to wrap up our broken humanity into himself on the cross and then die as us, for us, neutralizing sin and death so that we could be raised up again with him in his resurrection, whole and healed as sons and daughters of God. Why? So we could be face to face with the father, like the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, they were brought into this world to be loved and walk daily face to face with a loving, a loving father. No longer any separation because of sin and the curse. That was his original purpose for us. And yes, we are still in a world filled with difficulty. I think our current realities make that very clear, right? But we get to be guided through each day by a loving father. Now some may be watching us saying, great story. This is not an Easter story, friends. It's history. It's current. It's reality. And it's coming to you right where you are in your home today. It's personal, which means he, Jesus, is coming to you right where you are in your home. He has what you need for today, friends. He has what this country needs for today. You're not alone. He's right here with you, face to face. So I want to encourage you, speak to him. Tell him what you're feeling, uh, what you're needing over this time. You know, we're not always present 
so to speak, in a moment of history uh, until it affects us personally. Think about the coronavirus. When we first started to hear about it, it was far off. Uh, was it media hype? Was it even real? Uh, questions were asked on Facebook. Do you even know someone who's infected? Basically implying that the whole thing is a bit of fiction, right? And as time went on, it started coming closer to home. Hmm, maybe there is something to this. And then it lands on your doorstep. Your country is locked down because of it. Your job has been lost because of it. You are slap bang in the middle and it's real after all. Really bad, bad news. And what started off as far off fiction is now a reality in our lives. And maybe that's how you've looked at the Easter story. Maybe you've dismissed the gospel of Jesus as something far off. For others, fiction, perhaps religious hype, trying to achieve somebody else's agenda. Well, the day has come when it's landed on your doorstep and it's about to get very personal. And maybe it's real after all. But the difference is that this is good news. It finds us locked up, isolated, helpless, unable to save ourselves from our sin and separation from God, unable to even add a single hour to our lives. But in a face-to-face -face encounter, Jesus calls your name. And as you respond to him calling your name, in a moment of complete undeserved grace, you get set free. You get made brand new. The weight of your sadness, your sin, your separation from him falls away. Your guilt falls away because you are no longer guilty. Your creator, your father, the God of this universe declares you not guilty and welcomes you home with wide open arms. I want to tell you a story of a woman, Mary, who heard her name being called and in an instant sees Jesus face to face. It starts in uh, John 19. Jesus has been crucified and buried and it's now the third day when he rises again from the dead. Uh, in John 20 verse 1, it says, Very early Sunday morning, before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. The tomb was empty, friends. Jesus had risen from the dead, and that's what today is. It's Resurrection Sunday. So then Mary uh, runs away to tell the disciples, and then she returns to the tomb. And in John 20, verse 11, it continues. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She loved Jesus. She stooped to peer inside, and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying? They asked. Mary answered, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. Then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing right in front of her, but she didn't realize that it was him. Friends, Jesus, the resurrected Savior, can be standing right in front of us, but if we don't have eyes to see, we won't recognize him. Then he goes on to say in verse 15, Dear woman, why are you crying? Why, uh, who are you looking for? Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener. 
Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere else, tell me and I will go and marry. Jesus interrupts her. Sure. Turning to face him, she says, Rabboni, which means Aramaic for my teacher. In that moment of her grief and frantic rambling, Jesus interrupts her and calls her by name, Mary. He must have said it in a way that was so personal with so much affection because immediately she recognizes him. And friends, perhaps today is the day where Jesus interrupts you in your grief and rambling and chaos, freaking out because your future is so uncertain and you feel so alone right now and calls out your name. Do some of you remember the first time he called out your name? Wasn't that the most beautiful thing that you've ever heard? It's not like an impersonal roll call like they used to do at school, where they call out your name to see your faces. You know, I, I remember being at boarding school and just before going into prep, they'd do roll call where they'd shout out, Maud! They didn't even call us by our first names, they shouted out our surnames, not even looking up to see us. All they were doing was looking for a robotic here. Basically, they were just doing their duty, and that's what religion is. It's just duty. But Jesus is not like that. He calls our names with such love and affection, and he sees us where we are at and looks deep into our eyes. You know, when I first started journaling the voice of Jesus, what he was saying to me, writing down his response to my, my deepest prayers and requests to him, he didn't respond to me with Maud or even Rob, as most people call me, uh, I felt him say this to me. He called me by my full hyphenated name, Robert Ernest, my son. And then he would continue to speak, and I'd write down what he was saying to me. And what a moment to hear the tenderness and love in his voice towards us, friends. You know, we get welcomed into his family once, only once. And get to be called a son or a daughter of God, welcomed into relation to, relationship with him forever. Nothing can change that. But relationship is not based on a one-time event. He is still calling your name. In the midst of this chaos, this time of uncertainty, calling you because he is a good dad. And he wants to bring you peace and comfort to you in this time. As Mary responded um, and grabbed onto Jesus, can you imagine her delight seeing Jesus face to face, alive again? The last time she saw him was in the tomb and then being embraced by him. But it goes on to say in John uh, 20 verse 17, Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't hold on to me now for I haven't yet ascended to God my father. And he's not only my father and God, but he's now your father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord. Friends, he has risen he has ascended to the right hand of the Father. And because of that, when we receive Jesus, Jesus' Father becomes our Father and our God. Jesus' victory becomes our victory. 
His peace becomes our peace. You know, that encounter that Mary had with Jesus, where he called her name, it's for all of us. Because the Father loves you. He loves you so very much. You know, John 3.16 in the Passion says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift, so that now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but will experience everlasting life. Friends, there are moments in life when things come into perspective. Moments of personal or national or international crisis when we are forced out of our lives that can tend to drone on in autopilot, right? Where we realize how much we need a loving God. And sometimes it's only in those moments where we've stopped for long enough from our autopilot mode that we can hear him calling us, calling our names. And those moments are not orchestrated by him, but he'll make the most of the opportunity while he has our attention because he really wants to be with us. Let that sink in for a moment. He really wants to be with you. And I believe right now, those of us that know Jesus already and those that are about to know him can feel the presence of Jesus right here in our homes. I believe Jesus is with you now, calling your name. You might feel his presence in the room resting on you. Uh, you might feel butterflies in your stomach. The feeling isn't the important thing. What is important is that you respond to him. Receive the love of Jesus and allow him to come alive inside of you. To be with you and bring you peace. Won't you all pray with me now? Because we all need his love and deliverance. Whether this is the first time you're responding to his love or the millionth time. Pray with me. Jesus, I receive the love that you give to me so freely, so generously as a gift. I exchange all that I am for all that you are. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again for me. I receive your love. Come right now and live in me as you promised you would. Amen. Friends, I'd love to finish off by just praying a blessing over you for this time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Happy Easter. We love you all. And we can't wait to see you again face to face soon, soon. Love to you all, friends. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za.